you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And uh, look, let's just be honest. There's a lot of news today. A lot of news, man. QB changes, trades. The, the Rams are like a fantasy football team with all these trades. I love it. I love <laughs> they, it. They really are. They are completely mortgaging uh, their their absolute future. Yeah, dude. I mean, to, you give uh, up two ones. To get some, get some wins now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've sort of been in this mode for a couple of years, right? I mean, because last year they went all in, like, you know, signing Indomitian Sue and this sort of thing. Sean McVay is never going to u- get to use a first-round pick. Ever, ever, ever. Ever. I, I saw yesterday uh, on Twitter, somebody uh, made a meme like when you get to use your first round pick and it was a face app version. I of saw Sean that. Ah, that's great. Where he was like, yeah. you know, beardy and gray and, that's and awesome. this whole thing. That's, awesome. so that's what it's going to be. Uh, we'll talk to Jeff Ratcliffe uh, from Pro Football Focus, get his thoughts on some of the things going on through the first six weeks of this season. We'll also play, I mean, you know the game, FMK. Uh, not going to say what it stands what? for here, but uh, we'll play a fantasy version of it. We'll call it Flex, Move, or Keep. So I'll give you guys uh, some uh, a list of players you can decide whether you're going to flex them sort of a short-term kind of play move them like you know we're going to not have them on the roster or keep them like this is you know especially in dynasty leagues somebody that you really want to build a a fantasy franchise around we'll do that uh and then because you probably made some waiver moves overnight we'll play drop or not uh, guys whether you should keep them on your roster if it's time to clear them out to make space uh, before we do any of that we'll go behind the glass talk to our faithful producer senior edward l murphy esquire decked out in new york sports fan gear your evan ingram jersey uh and your new york rangers hat what's going on man yeah i'm uh, i'm leaning into where's it. your yankee stuff I, I wore that i'm saving it for when we play i don't think they're gonna play later on today. okay so right. no i'm i'm wearing all this to lean into we have a video show later and i know that matt money smith's gonna tear me apart so i'm, I'm just uh <laughs> Mentally preparing to lean into that joke. Um, I, we're going to get into that news in a little bit with Josh Rosen. Is there a player you feel worse for than his like man, like seven offensive coordinators, <laughs> in, like five seasons for him, like that going back to college? Has any rookie quarterback got more of a raw deal in recent history? I mean, he's just gotten literally no, no chance. Basically. I yeah, I I can't. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. And I, this is a guy that I loved coming out of college. Same here. Uh, and it just has not worked out for him at all. So. Uh, so speaking of which, let's get to that. Let's do some news. Let's do the news. Well, we alluded to it, and it is a fact. Ryan Fitzpatrick is back as the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. He took over late in last week's game against Washington. Uh, got them close. Got them to within a two-point conversion opportunity of getting their first win of the season. And so now the coaching staff has decided that they are going to go back to the veteran, and Josh Rosen goes back to the bench. Uh, again, this is sort of like what we talked about with Washington the week before in Case Keenum. 
from a a standpoint of trying to win football games, I get it. From a development standpoint for a team that's not going anywhere, I don't understand. But I guess, Fabs, the easy question is now with Fitzmagic back there, do we feel better about, you know, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker and everybody else in that offense, or does it matter? Not against Buffalo. <laughs> okay, and by well, the way, that. it's a revenge game. Oh, wow. Well, because Fitzpatrick has played for like half the NFL right. at this point in his career, so... I prefer like the Dolphins should be playing Rosen, as you mentioned, because, you know, they're not going anywhere. So see if you can develop him and see what he's got. But from a fantasy perspective, I'd much rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick back there for one of two reasons. One, because I feel like it it improves the wide receivers value somewhat, somewhat. And number two. I got the Bills defense going this week. <laughs> and you know Fitzpatrick, good for a few turnovers. Yeah, Bills D is an amazing play this week. My, I'm, I'm with you, though, Marcus. Like, what? If you're going to rebuild and you're going to commit to this, and by the way, they did just commit to Rosen literally last week mm-hmm. saying he's our starter. We're going to move forward with him. I, I just I don't understand it. I mean, Rosen behind that offensive line and with their weapons is not getting much of a chance to develop in the first place. And now you're... I mean, you're not playing for anything. Why not at least see what you have over the long haul of a season? Yeah, I just I don't I don't really understand it. Um, And I feel like this is one of those things that is a disconnect between the front office and the the coaching staff. staff, Right. Like credit Brian Flores. He is trying to win football games. Right. I mean, basically what what has happened in Miami is, uh, you know, Brian Flores is trying to build a house. Right. But the the front office has basically given him like Fisher Price tools with which to do it. <laughs> right? So like he's got, the, a, fake, the, the he's got a fake hard hat. The foundation, <laughs> he's got a plastic hammer. The foundation is silly putty. That's, that's Yeah. I problem. mean like, you know, he really is trying to get something done here, but like he, you know, they've made him into Bob the Builder basically, so he can't really get much done there. So uh, this is going to be interesting to watch. But yeah, the Bills defense still a, a pretty a pretty good play this week. Um, let's stay in the theme of quarterback changes then. Ryan Tannehill is now your starter down there in Tennessee. Marcus Mariota really hadn't done much of anything. I think the the biggest point with Mariota over the last four years or so, Graham, is that what we saw from him in year one is still the same thing we're seeing from him here in year five now. So I, at some point, I do think Tennessee sort of had to make a change. They are still trying to compete uh, within their division and try to make it to the playoffs. And we sort of talked about this last week. Um you know, Tannehill may not be great, but at this point, you just got to do something to try to kickstart this offense. Right. You nailed it. I mean, the progression for Mariota has just not been there. Uh, and at this point, they had to go to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are, in my opinion, is, is a pretty talented receiver tandem. And neither of these guys are consistent at all week to week. The problem is Tannehill and Mariota's kind of their struggles are one of the same. They both, at this point in their careers, take too many sacks, really struggle to create outside of uh, outside of um, construction. And, you know, for what it's worth, this Titans offense for now multiple years running has been one of the most boring units to watch ever. <laughs> um, and it's still going to stay the same with, with Tannehill under, under center. I think they're going to just be a Derrick Henry-based team, and they're going to run the ball a ton, and hopefully – I guess their their plan is to get maybe slightly more efficient quarterback play from Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's sort of the sort of the plan here. I mean, look, as somebody who has AJ Brown in, in a few leagues, and especially with the buys coming, uh, it sort of makes me think that maybe I'll give him a shot this week uh, in some of my deeper leagues. Just hoping that you know, look, last week Tannehill got in the game and, and he got his receivers more involved. So uh, maybe there's that. Mariota just takes so many sacks, man. He just stands back there and he's just it's just like he's a duck sometimes. Yeah. Like he just doesn't 
No pun intended, since he went to Oregon. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I thought I actually thought Daniel Jeremiah summed it, summed it up well on Twitter the other day. He basically said, you know, uh, Mariota takes too many layups and James Winston shoots too many threes. That's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> like yeah. that sort of the thing. And neither one of them has a great percentage at, at uh, what they're doing. Either of those categories. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Alvin Kamara has a high ankle sprain, but he does have quote a shot to play against the Bears. That's I don't like high ankle sprain. No one likes high ankle sprain. I don't like it. And this is a real conundrum, Fabs, because Alvin Kamara. It's hard to sit him, especially when you have other guys on a bye. Uh, but he's playing the Bears, which is bad enough. Now he's playing the Bears at less than 100%. I mean, this is this is sort of a scary moment right now. Yeah, it is. I mean, but look at his numbers. I mean, he's been pedestrian, really. The touchdowns is the biggest problem. He had 37 points against Seattle since then, 11-9, 16-9. We'll take that, 13-6. You want more from a guy who was picked with one of the top three spots. Um in fantasy drafts this season. And now, as you mentioned, you know, high ankle sprain, will they use a little bit more Latavius Murray, who's who's probably not available in most leagues at this point? So it, th- this one's a struggle because if he's active, as you mentioned, I mean, you, you kind of got to play him. But uh, I feel like I feel like his ceiling is, is just really taking a hit without Breeze. And now that he's not 100 percent, you're rolling them out there with a lot less confidence than you should in a player you drafted so highly. It'll be really interesting to see how the Saints handle this situation, right? Because they've now won four straight games without Drew Brees, and they only have two games before their Week 9 bye. Obviously, two, a tough spot here on the road against Chicago. They desperately need Alvin Kamara on the field. But then they play the Cardinals in a winnable game at home in Week 8. So I wonder if they're going to try and give Kamara some time off. Either he gets a game off, they use Latavius Murray a little bit more. And this past week, we saw Murray play a season high, uh, season high snap rate, season high in touches too. Um, the biggest issue for Kamara this year is he's just not scoring. Um, he has just yeah. two scores, and they came in that one game, like you mentioned, against the Seahawks. His yards from scrimmage and his touch totals have been fantastic, and he's actually uh, seeing a He's actually averaging a career high, excuse me, in receptions. But um, yeah, yeah, he's also I believe he's 21st among running backs in red zone carries. Yeah, they're just not getting in the scoring position. So that's yeah, that's not Breeze. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing. You just wonder how much this offense changes uh, when Drew Brees gets back. I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater has kept them afloat. You know, he hasn't hurt them. I don't know that he's necessarily you know driving the engine there. That defense is certainly keeping them in football games. But I feel like this changes dramatically. Uh, when Drew Brees gets back, which I think is still probably a couple more weeks away. Uh, I think they're hoping like, maybe week nine or so when he comes back. That defense really has turned the tide over the last three weeks. Yeah. They've I done mean, a fantastic gee, job. Especially, I mean, look at Lattimore. Uh, you know, Cooper did nothing against him. Mike Evans had literally nothing. And then DJ Chark last week, and now you've got Allen Robinson. Mm, yeah. could, could be a fade this week if yeah. Adamore keeps playing at such a high level. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I have that dilemma. I think I'm flexing Allen Robinson, but I'm not excited about it. Was it was four teams in a bye. It's really right. hard to bench yeah. A-Rob this right. week. Right, so I'm not excited about it, but he's probably going to play for me. Uh, Malcolm Brown is day-to-day with an injured ankle. I mean, this sort of adds to the Rams' offensive woes, and, and this is something we can sort of ask Jeff Ratcliffe about just this Rams' offense in general. But, um, look, Todd Gurley, Likely to be back, although he's still kind of nursing what a quad injury right now. Uh, they have injuries on their offensive line. They just lost their left guard, uh, Joe Noteboom. Uh, he's out for the year now. Noteboom. Uh, Noteboom. It's great. It's a great name to say. Um, I mean, Jared Goff does not look like the Jared Goff we came to know last year, Fabs. I mean, this is... This is just—it's just kind of bad all around. Right I know, but I mean, the the silver lining is Falcons. They're playing the Falcons, 
So I picked up Daryl Henderson in every league that I had a dead roster spot. I'm like, I, I got to go out and, and, and see what happens. The good news is that this is an early game. So you don't have to wait until 4 o'clock Eastern time mm-hmm. to find out if they're going to play. They're going to be playing at 10 a.m., obviously, East Coast in Atlanta. So that's a good thing. If you if Malcolm Brown and or Daryl Henderson's on the waiver wire and you have that dead spot, you probably want to pick them up to see what happens. Because if Gurley can't go, somebody's got to carry the mail. And if Gurley and Brown are both inactive, then suddenly we're going to get a chance to maybe see what Daryl Henderson could do. And he's what a really good pass catcher, a home run hitter, and Atlanta's defense is trash. I thought Henderson showed the same explosiveness and burst on his very limited touches. He only got a few touches last week, but I thought he looked very explosive and just sudden in his movements where in the preseason, he looked very hesitant behind that offensive line. I just thought maybe he was running. He's just running behind third stringers then. But uh, at, at this point, this Rams offensive line is almost filled with third, third stringers. stringers. <laughs> uh, and now they're, now they're going to hope that Austin Corbett, uh, Brown's backup guard is going to save their season, and that's not a good bet to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just makes me worried about the offense as a whole, right? I mean, if, if you don't have an offensive line that can protect Jared Goff, that, that impacts his ability to get the football out to his receivers. Uh, it's just, it's not a good situation. It's, it's, it's They'll get a two-week reprieve here with the Falcons and Bengals, yeah. and we'll figure it out. On yeah. Friday, we'll figure it out, yeah, but it, uh, the Rams offense has done a 180 from a fantasy perspective. You're just not sure who you can play with any kind of confidence every single week. But again, at least this week, Atlanta. Uh, Speaking of the Rams staying in Los Angeles, they are making some moves on the defensive side of the football. They traded Marcus Peters to the Baltimore Ravens in exchange for linebacker Kenny Young, a UCLA guy who gets to come back to Los Angeles. But the bigger news, they went out and traded three draft picks to get Jalen Ramsey, an unhappy Jalen Ramsey, Mm -hmm. uh, from Jacksonville, bring him to Los Angeles, uh, the Completely, the constant joke on Twitter was that somehow Jalen Ramsey's back is going to feel a whole lot better yeah. uh, once he gets on a plane to L.A., and you know, that may be the case. Um, I, look, I mean, look from a football standpoint, I feel like you know, while this is a big name, it doesn't really address a lot of the problems that the Rams are having right now, which come on the offensive side of the football. But it's a defense that has sort of been up and down fantasy-wise. I mean, does this make them more of a viable fantasy play week to week? Because you know suddenly you've got a, what is in theory, a shutdown corner on one side of the field. I don't think so. I mean, their front, front four is obviously very good. They've been generating a ton of pressure. They've been top two or three in pressure rate all year. But this has been the same problem for the Rams every single year, basically, is their coverage and their secondary has been extremely inconsistent from week to week. And, and Ramsey does obviously provide... Uh, you know, an island in a sense on one side of the field, but they are still really struggling. I mean, they're going to have to start Troy Hill out wide opposite Ramsey. Nicole Roby Coleman has been up and down this year out of the slot. So it's not like they have, you know, two other great corners to kind of book in Ramsey. And, and we know Aaron Donald, we know this front four can get after it, but you know, their linebackers have been really struggling in coverage for multiple years now. And I just think they have too many other holes on this defense that opposing offenses are going to continue to try to attack. Yeah, it was so strange because I think we were on set yesterday. When it happened. When yeah. well, well, when we heard that Marcus Peters had been traded in, and we're like, wait a minute. They just lost Tlaib to IR, and they trade. What the hell's going on? You knew something <laughs> was going to happen, and then they make that big splash to get uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey, and that, that's another topic we can, uh, we can cover with Jeff Rodkley. Yeah, I'm very curious to see if Jalen plays this week because if he does not play, I think Julio Jones is your wide receiver one for the week. No kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You might have wide receiver one and two 
in that same game. In that same game with Cooper Cup. Yeah. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, the Broncos right now optimistic that Emmanuel Sanders could play on Thursday. He sat out much of last week's game uh, for Denver against the Tennessee Titans. They're hoping he can get on the field. In theory, that seems great, right? Like you want a guy like uh, Emmanuel Sanders out there. I just I throw in the caveat that we you know we we say start everybody against the Chiefs sort of out of muscle memory. They're giving up the eleventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this year. They've done a very good job uh, against. They're, they're they're not stopping the run all that well, but they're stopping wide receivers. So if Emmanuel Sanders can go, I get it. You got to play him. But Graham, I just don't think you can roll him out there and automatically expect a huge number from him. No, you can't. I mean, Sanders got out of the gates really quickly, and obviously, hats off to him for his impeccable recovery. But it's really started to slow down over the last couple of weeks. And Cortland Sutton, yep. he is quietly having a yes, breakout season. I mean, he is top 15 in a lot of receiver metrics in terms of targets, receptions, yards. And, and obviously, if Sanders does not go this week, it just bodes well for his target share on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I have I have some of the data here, which is which is pretty remarkable. When you talk about start everyone against the Chiefs, they're giving up the second fewest fantasy points to receivers lined out wide this season. The second fewest. Yeah. They've only given up one touchdown. They're giving up 13.8 points per game to guys lined out wide. Well, what, so, what they're doing is just basically keeping everything in front of them out wide and where they're where they can be gashes in the middle of the field out of the slot, but you get kind of some safety help linebacker help in those middle of the field and their corners hats off to them. They're doing a good job keeping everything in front of them. Yeah. Uh, more wide receiver news. This out of new England, some good and some bad Philip Dorsett returned to practice earlier in the week. Meanwhile, Josh Gordon still sitting out. Uh, and so, I mean, fans, they got the jets this week. It's a, you know, a middling matchup for them, but obviously if Josh Gordon cannot go, Philip Dorsett gets a big bump. Uh, Nikhil Harry's still, what, a couple weeks away, potentially? Right, he he's can't back come back until week nine, right. He's, still, so. he's practicing, but he can't get on the field, so this potentially is a big bump for Dorsett. Yeah, no Dorsett's a good sleeper this week if he can get back onto the field, and if you have Josh Gordon, you want to actually handcuff him with Dorsett, who could be out there on the waiver wire because that game is on Monday Night Football. You don't want to wait uh, and, get a, and get a zero. So if you have Gordon, Dorsett's a good play, and if you need a wide receiver or a flex, Dorsett is a worthwhile look off the wire. Uh, last bit of news, Chris Thompson right now has a turf toe. It's being described as minor, but they said the same thing about Devontae Adams, and we're still waiting for Ugh. him to come back. There is no such thing as a minor turf toe. It's minor when it happens to someone else. That's what happens. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Um, they're playing the 49ers this week, so it's it's a tough week in theory to start uh, Adrian Peterson. I mean, this, this had some Chris Thompson potential just because you expect Washington to be playing from behind, but... Uh, I mean, is there somebody there, Graham, that you would be interested in if Chris Thompson's not available? Mm. Uh, no. You can say no. I mean, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> you can <probably>, say no. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe Terry McLaurin because there's four teams in a bye and a few good receivers are out. But other than that, not really. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. bad out there. Not great there. there. So there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Joining us now, as he does on Selected Wednesdays throughout the season, from Pro Football Focus, it is Jeff Ratcliffe. You can find him on Twitter, appropriately enough, at Jeff Ratcliffe. Jeff, what's going on, man? Not much. I mean, the rubber has met the road, I, I suppose, here. We're basically at the halfway point of the fantasy regular season, so it's time to trim the fat on some rosters. And I think we're finally going to start to see some regression to the mean on some of these crazy performances over the first six weeks. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. But uh, let's start Let's start with the good, right? As you mentioned, we're about the halfway point of the fantasy regular season. So through six weeks, who would you have as your fantasy MVP? 
Well, I know everybody's going to want to say Christian McCaffrey, and and it is the obvious answer to the question. So I'll go a little contrarian here with Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is, hey, if you drafted Christian McCaffrey first overall, I wouldn't have talked you out of that over Saquon. You know, I think there were four guys you could have legitimately taken or, or three guys you could have legitimately taken this year. But Russell Wilson, people slept on like crazy, and all he does is produce. Over the last couple of years, we've seen him so efficient. Last year, the team ran the football like crazy, and he's still top 30 touchdown passes. And how he does it is he throws to the end zone a lot. 48 end zone throws last year. He already has 22 this season. He leads the league in that category. Hyper efficient. And then on top of it, what we're getting out of Russell is he's adding with his legs finally again. You love to see that. You got him for a bologna sandwich in the 10th round, probably, <laughs> or drafts this year, as opposed to having take having to take McCaffrey the first couple picks. So I'll go Russell there. Yeah, I, I like that. Patriots defense, though, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I get it. It's like bananas to think about that. They were drafted, what, last round, next to last round. That defense right now would be the defense number nine in 2018 over a full season. So the Patriots defense is right up there as crazy as that sounds. So one of the bigger news stories that we've been hit with over the last 24 hours is Jalen Ramsey traded to the L.A. Rams. Now, assuming that Ramsey can suit up this week, do we downgrade Julio Jones at all in this matchup? Well, I mean, there are obviously a lot of moving parts here. The big, big question you obviously you address there if he suits up. The next question I have, though, is not every team is going to use shadow coverage. You know, shadow coverage also depends on the other corners on the field. If you have a corner who literally can't do anything other than play his side, if you play shadow, that's great. You shut down the number one. The number two will destroy you. So I don't know if we can necessarily guarantee that because historically here under Wade Phillips, this team has not shadowed. And granted, it was partially because they had a guy like Marcus Peters who could only play his side. So for me, I'm actually not going to downgrade Julio. I still think he's going to be just fine. And and sometimes there is a misnomer about shadow coverage. I think there's this assu assumption that it's schoolyard football, that he's going to cover him on every single route. And that rarely happens in the NFL. So even if... The, the player is shadowed and he's shut down in the shadow, he can still get damage done outside of that shadow coverage. My question with Ramsey is, uh, sure, they, they acquired the superstar cornerback, but they still have major problems on along their offensive line. And I think that's kind of the bigger concern for this team right now, Jeff. Uh, speaking of concerns, is Melvin Gordon hurting the Chargers? Is he hurting their running game right now? I don't think so. I think their schedule hurt their running game. I mean, at PFF <laughs> right now, they face the number one and number two defenses over the last two weeks against the run in the Broncos and the Steelers. So I don't think so. I think the team is going to be fine going forward. And obviously, you know, it's kind of like in fantasy football in today's NFL, you can't have enough running backs. And if you have these guys who can produce, you're going to be in a good situation over the long haul. And plus, getting my guy back hunter henry how about that i i love that for for the long haul here as well i don't think he's hurting that offense though yeah i think what's hurting the offense is uh running behind a third string center and uh, some <laughs> replacement yep. some replacement guards uh you know, speaking of the chargers jeff uh, right now who should we be more concerned about going forward keenan allen or deandre hopkins because both of these guys have sort of uh, left a bad taste in our mouths the last few weeks I would say Keenan Allen, and I understand why fantasy owners are frustrated with both, but you have to stay the course with both. But here's why I would say that. 
Hopkins is still being targeted. Like anybody who's upset about last week, sometimes you do have to look beyond the raw fantasy numbers. And the fact that he's in double digit targets in that game, yes, the yardage number wasn't there. The catch number was okay. And he's not finding the end zone, but I'm not as concerned there as with Allen, where at PFF, we, we scrub out, uh, you know, essentially like throwaways, things like that. So we don't assign those as targets. So Allen with 11 targets over the last two weeks, Mike Williams with 21, so that to me really pops, and that's kind of like, is there is there something going on here that we should pay closer attention to? With Hopkins, the big issue is he's only been targeted once in the end zone this season. That's where he's made his fantasy bones over the last two years. So we have to see an uptick in that area. But um, you know, a little bit more concerned with Allen. I think the it's a buy buy low window on both of these guys, though. So. What are you guys doing over at Pro Football Focus to figure out what the hell's going on in Kansas City's backfield? Because <laughs> I can't figure it out. So, like, two weeks ago, Damian Williams came back and LaShawn McCoy had two touches. Fumbled one of them. Then this past week, it was mostly McCoy that had Daryl Williams in the mix as well. Are you guys just throwing darts at a dartboard with these three guys' pictures on that dartboard like we are? Or is there any rhyme or reason to starting or sitting at least McCoy or Damien, because most people aren't starting Daryl. I don't think there's a rhyme or reason. You know, in the preseason, Andy Reid said, we're going to be a, a backfield by committee. And a lot of people said, well, that's just not what Andy Reid does. And uh, he always has a lead back. And and when you look closer, it's like, of course, he had a lead back when he had Kareem Hunt or when he had Brian Westbrook or, you know, when he had Sean McCoy. Yeah. yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. But now, yeah, he doesn't have that guy. McCoy, at this point in his career, he's doing better than I thought he would, but he's doing, you know, what you would expect out of a 30-plus-year-old running back. Damian Williams, our concerns in the preseason were viable. The fact that he only had 50 carries as his career high, he's not a guy who's going to carry that workload. So honestly, I mean, if you have McCoy, if you have Damian Williams – you're you're starting him as a flex and praying that this is the week that they see the touches. But otherwise, I can't find any rhyme or reason to the usage. So just admit it. You guys are using the dartboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, what I do is I write all their names down on index cards. And I stand at the top of the steps and I throw them up in the air. And whichever one reaches the bottom, that's the guy. I start. There you go. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Jalen Ramsey and what this means for the defense. I mean, but and, and Graham sort of talked about it, Jeff. I mean, this is an offensive line that, that has some issues. They are not the same juggernaut that we are used to seeing over the last couple of years. Um, I mean, how do we approach this, though, now? They have so many injuries there. Jared Goff looks like a shell of himself. Have, have we gotten to the point that, that all the Rams are sort of matchup-based starters now? Not necessarily matchup based. I mean, this week, obviously, well, if it was matchup based, this is the week to start them. (laughs) But my biggest concern, and and you mentioned Jared Goff, I think that's where this all flows from. Because you had that, that stretch there before this week, the last two games was 117 passing attempts, which is insane. But even with those passing attempts, he wasn't putting up big fantasy numbers. You know, he wasn't putting up touchdown numbers. And there's really two issues that I'm seeing with Jared Goff over the course of the entire season, not just last week. Only 6.1% of his passing attempts have traveled at least 20 yards in the air. That is the lowest by far of any starting quarterback. So he is not pushing the ball downfield. And I know, hey, when you have Cooper Cup, you're going to target him a lot. But you got to be taking shots to Brandon Cooks and even Bobby Woods as well. He deserves some targets downfield because he can get downfield in addition. Jared Goff is also not throwing to the end zone. That is crucial for, for really the success of the entire passing game. 
and he hasn't been doing it so far. So if we don't see a turnaround there, it is going to be a little bit more difficult going forward to trust Cooks and Woods. I think Cup Cup's good no matter what. You know, give him a pass for last week because he was so good uh, for the first you know five weeks of the season. But those other two guys, really, if Goff doesn't start pushing the ball downfield and to the end zone. It, they are going to be matchup plays. You mentioned Cup. I mean, he's just been such a stud this season, Jeff. But I think with two matchups on deck next with the Falcons and Bengals, these are just – if Goff and this Rams offensive line struggles in these two spots, we uh, we should be panic on, panicking on the Rams, but really could not be any better matchups to kind of flesh out uh, some of their issues that they've had over the last couple of weeks uh, with these two matchups on deck. So, Jeff, uh, let folks know where they can find you, where they can find your work, man. Sure. Over at PFF.com is where you can get all the content, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Jeff Ratcliffe. Hey, beautiful. As always, we appreciate your time, man. Great I look, stuff, forward, pal. look forward to doing it again. Thanks, guys. See you soon. See you, buddy. Thanks again to Jeff Ratcliffe for his time. Of course, we'll talk to him pretty regularly throughout the, the season here over at the Pro Football Focus. All right. Time for some fantasy FMK. You kids know what I'm talking about here, except we're calling it Flex, Move, or Keep. So uh, I have seven different scenarios, seven seven different trios of players here, um, and the, just kind of want to gauge your your thoughts on how much you like each of these guys. And they're, they're not going to be easy because that's, you know, what's the fun in that otherwise? Uh, so we'll start, Fab. Start with you. Pick a number one through seven, and I will give you a trio of guys uh, to deal with. Hmm. I'll, I'll go with three. Babe Ruth. All right. Three. Okay. So wide receivers here. Mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin. Which one are you flexing? Which one are you moving? I need Which to get a pen, man. Yes. Get a pen a so you can write these down. All right. So Cortland Sutton. I got McLaurin. Uh-huh. I got Sutton. You got Fuller. And I got Will Fuller. All right. Um, I am. Now we're talking about this week or moving forward. Um, You know what? Let's. Let's talk this week. Let's okay. do this week. <laughs> uh, I'm flexing Sutton. Okay. I am keeping Fuller and moving McLaurin. I don't like the matchup. Okay, that makes sense. Week. Yeah, that that they, yeah that makes it. Uh, Niners, yeah. man, they're just that defense. McLaurin's is real, next dude. couple next couple of matchups are really really yep. tough. Not Buy low on him. Great. Buy low on him. Not great. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. So Graham uh, three is off the board. Uh, so one through seven uh, with with three not available. Give me six. Six. Double All right. Three. Uh, let's see. Quarterback spot. Nice. Russell Wilson. Yep. Carson Wentz. All right. Dak Prescott. Don't do it. Don't besmirch my my quarterback. <laughs> let's see. Wilson, I'm going to flex this week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move Dak. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I'll keep uh, keep Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sure. Wentz over Dak this week, huh? Eagles defense is hot garbage against the pass. Yeah. I, I just think Dak right now in this offense is really struggling without Collins and Tyron Smith. And, and Amari Cooper might not play this week, too. Yeah. That, uh, That's that the big thing. Okay. I'm kind of off Dak this week. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. So, Fabs, uh, we got we got one. This pen doesn't work that well. You. One, two, five, and seven. Uh, let's go. Hmm. What do you think, Eddie? Which Yankee great should we pick? Which number? Here comes Jeter. I was just literally just going to say two. Okay. Here, here, comes, here, here comes Jeter. Too well. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Uh, all right. So running backs here. Yeah. Leonard Fournette. Okay. Got here, I, got a better, really, I, I have a better pen. Got to press <laughs> really hard on this pen. Okay, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ingram. Okay. Or Chris Carson. Wow, dude. This one's tough. Fournette, I mean, 
he's a flex. That guy is going to destroy oh, Cincinnati this weekend. So he is definitely a flex. Mm-hmm. Why'd you go? I don't want to pick between these two guys. <laughs> I wasn't going to make this easy. I mean, <laughs> all right. So it's not supposed to be. Easy. I get it. I'll go. I'll go. Keep Carson and move Ingram. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I Carson's been so good. I mean, Ingram's really- been very good too, but. I'm going Carson over I mean, Ingram. It was just a couple weeks ago, right? We were worried that Chris Carson might not be hanging on to his job. Now yeah. he's like lights out. Yeah, yeah, now he's playing like almost every snap too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So uh, one, four, five, and seven. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. One. Am I, am I missing one? Three. One. I have one, four, and seven. No, you're right. Okay. Cool. Lucky number seven. All right. Lucky number seven. All right. Here we got tight ends. All right. Uh, oh, you know what? I, I messed up. I only have six here. So. Because it's two each. Duh, seven would have been weird. Uh, so six. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't pick seven. I know, right? I'd have been screwed. Uh, so call this one six. Okay, now I'm trying to do math. All right, so yes, we're good. All right, six. <laughs> Here we go. Tight ends. Doing math is hard. Doing math is hard. I didn't think there'd be math in this job. Uh, tight ends. Hunter Henry. <laughs> yep. Evan Ingram. Yep. Mark Andrews. Oh. This <laughs> really hard. Uh, all right, so obviously if Evan Ingram plays this week, you got to flex him. I mean, it's just a nuts matchup. Right. Against the Cardinals. Um, I'll move Hunter Henry and sell him high and keep Andrews. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. So we got two left. We got one and we have four. Now I have my, now I have my numbers straight here. Go ahead, Eddie. Four? Four. Okay. Uh, four what, is, uh, what, what Yankee great. Well, no, I want Eddie to answer the Yankee Grays. That is, that is Lou Gehrig. You're a good man. Good man. Okay. By the way, fun fact, at least this is what I was what I was always led to believe, that the players originally had their numbers based on where they were yes. in the batting order. Yep. So, yep. That's exactly correct. Which So it makes me wonder, who was like the first guy who wore like 11? <laughs> <laughs> or 99. Right. Full contrarian. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, so you went four here. All right, so more running backs. Okay. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, so uh, he's not playing this week. Oh, uh, he's on a bye. All right, so let's let's think. So the, let's make this one kind of long term. Okay, right. Do this long term. All right, Christian McCaffrey, uh-huh. Alvin Kamara, uh-huh. Ezekiel Elliott. You are you? <laughs> All right, I'm flexing CMC long term. Uh, I'm keeping Zeke and I'm moving Kamara. Wow. All right. No, I mean, look, I get it. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, High ankle sprain. The guy hadn't played uh, particularly well from a fantasy perspective the last. Uh, three or four games. So, uh, and I'm a Cowboys fan. I actually Zeke is still getting it done. This is this is an interesting discussion right now. I actually think Zeke is a really good player to trade away right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, His ceiling has not been the same. Well, it's not. It's not been what we expected from last year too. He's not as nearly involved in the passing game this season. I actually think Zeke. Uh, Zeke's a kind of a fun player to package up in some deals. You know, him. my Cowboys lose to the Jets, who can't, who hadn't won a game. Then you crap on Dak, and now you're crapping on Zeke. <laughs> Come on, Viper, man. Give uh, a break, dude. Look, I, and my Yankees lost yesterday. Yeah. Cowboys have just, yeah, they're just kind of tail spinning a little bit. A little bit. I think, you know, we'll see. We'll they'll, see get if, a, they'll get it right. We'll see if they get it right. Uh, all right, so the last one. Uno mas. Last mm-hmm. one. Quarterbacks here. Yep. Lamar Jackson. Lamar. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and Deshaun Watson. All right, I'm going to move Mahomes. Uh, wow. That one's, that one's easy. Um, and you're talking about for this week, we're moving Mahomes. Yeah, I think for this week. So, since, so since Mahomes, all, all three Mahomes guys, in your rankings is behind the other two. Since okay. all three of these guys are playing this week. Okay, yeah. This week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, move Mahomes. Uh, man, 
I, I guess I'll I'll flex Lamar because I think Seahawks Texans could could go go crazy and keep uh, keep Deshaun. Okay, all right. Uh, there we go. That was fun. Yeah, FMK. I like fun. games. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, so there you go. Maybe we'll do we'll do this again at some point. Uh, next. The next time we do this, I want you to be using one of those stick mics. Oh yeah, huh? We play some like get some cheesy game show music or something like that. Yeah, we let's can, uh, do, that, do that, man. All right, cool. Uh, before we wrap up, drop or not? I mean, this isn't really a game as much as I uh, just want to get you guys' thoughts on a handful of guys here. Uh, now that people have made roster claims, or maybe they're looking to kind of clear some space on their roster. Whether or not some of these guys need to go back onto the waiver wire or, look, considering there are buys, as we've mentioned, um, maybe you, you, you make a reason to hold on to them. So the first one, Kenyon Drake, who, I mean, his yardage totals were decent considering the usage, but the usage is not at all what we want it to be. I mean, are we, are we holding on to Kenyon Drake at this point? So um, this one uh, affects me in particular because I had Kenyon Drake on a couple of teams and I dropped him in both the leagues that I had him in, that's not, you know, like I think I may have him in uh, maybe Scott Fish. I can't remember. But um, I, I cut him for Frank Gore in one league, and I believe I cut him for Daryl Henderson in another league. Dude, he's like. There's no ceiling. There, I mean, I don't hold on to the past. Like I get it. Last year he was a top 15 running back, but he was really inconsistent. And I don't know what it is. And we said it Monday. I don't know what it is behind the scenes. I have no idea, despite all of his talent. He can't be a featured back in this league for whatever reason. Frank Gore basically split touches with him down the middle last season. Last week, he lost touches to Mark Walton and Kalen Balage. I mean, they're always going to be behind, too. I'm done. So I cut. I mean, I'm, I'm done with him. He gave me 13 points last week. Sayonara. Drake just has, like, the lowest touchdown potential of pretty much any top 35 running, running back every single week. I mean, there's just there's no... There's no way he hits a huge ceiling unless he gets really lucky and busts off a big play. Basically. I mean, that's kind of what you're hoping for, yeah. right? You need him to break a big play. And especially now we're at the point where Kalen Balaj is getting those goal line touches. Yeah. I mean, that that eliminates any real any real chance of, Eddie, uh, of Kenyon Drake. They postponed the game. Yeah, today, game four of the ALCS postponed. Mm. Yeah, the Twitter freak out about the uh, not, not getting the Astros bullpen. But I feel I think it's OK. I'd rather have. Uh, not facing Verlander and Cole in Houston and getting one of them in New York. So. I'd rather have traded for Cole. <laughs> they a chance to get him. Well, they're gonna pay. They're gonna pay him a lot of money this offseason. Someone's, somebody's gonna. Somebody's gonna. Okay, off the baseball. All right. Play. So uh, this has been your baseball minute here. Right. We honestly, I feel like we could sit here and talk about baseball for a long time between the four of us, but let's yep. let's not do that. Okay, Baker Mayfield, um, who had a a fairly decent fantasy number last week, but a lot of that was owed to the fact that he scored a rushing touchdown. Uh, the passing numbers were, again, not great. Uh, he still has not thrown more than one touchdown pass in any game so far this season. He has, what, 11 interceptions, 12 turnovers total, uh, a fumble loss there. Uh, the rushing touchdown got you to 19 points, which made it his best game of the uh, of the year. He's got a bye this week. Then he goes to New England, has Denver, has Buffalo, has Pittsburgh. Uh, Graham, I just I can't really make a case for keeping Baker Mayfield. You right just now. made the case. Send him. You flying. made the case against. <laughs> That's right, dude. Yeah, Patriots and the Bills and two of the next three games uh, coming out of the bye. No, thank you. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I dropped him in the pool two weeks ago, man. I'm done with Baker Mayfield. Uh, OJ Howard, whose best catch this season, still came at a Tampa Bay Rays yes, game. Yes, this is true. Uh, so are we? Uh, somebody tweeted me the other day asking, you know, saying I'm I want to drop OJ Howard. Hashtag change my mind. And my response was. I really got nothing for you. Uh, does somebody else? Does somebody have a case?
place to keep O.J. Howard right now. No. I mean, I cut him in the only league that I had him in, and I was so happy to get him. It was in our NFL Fantasy Live League, which, by the way, you know, thanks for – I scored the second most points in the damn league last week. I got to play the Viper who goes for, like, 190. <laughs> My team right now is just a You're, You have the best team in that league. Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just trying to get into the playoffs and just score a bunch of points. But no, man. And, you know, it, it's ridiculous to think this, too. He was the fifth tight end off the board in drafts. Yeah. Fifth, okay? And the tight end position is wicked thin. I mean, it is unbelievably thin. And with a bye – why keep him? I mean, Cameron Brait's been better than him in the last couple of weeks. I can't. I, I can't do it. I. I loved OJ coming into the season. I knew that Arians didn't use tight ends, although he did have Heath Miller for a couple of seasons. Put up some pretty good numbers from a fantasy perspective. That's why I kind of bought in. Done. Hey, don't don't beat your up, yourself up too much here. I mean, everybody loved OJ Howard coming into the. I year. know. I, I, I still it, have, I have no idea yeah. uh, what's going on with them, but yeah. Got to drop him, I think, at this point. Yep. Um, Dude, I, I'm playing Darren Fells yeah. this week. Like, in the leagues where I don't have, like, you know, Evan or, or or an elite tight end, and you know I don't really go after that whole elite tight end thing, I was able to pick up Hunter Henry in a couple of leagues. But the 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 just, like, the mishmash of tight ends that people have to play this week, like Darren Fells, Noah Fant, uh, you know, people are probably going to have to play Jason Witten this week. I've been yeah. playing Jason Witten for weeks now in one of my leagues. It, this is where we are. It's, yeah, it's bad out there, man. Witten is a top He's 10 tight end. He's a top 10 tight end. Insane, right? It is crazy. Like, uh, so it's a couple more tight ends, and I'll just, I'll just lump these two guys together. A couple of veteran t- tight ends. Jimmy Graham and Delaney Walker. Look, uh, Jimmy Graham, Hunter Henry uh, has .9 fewer points than Jimmy Graham. And it's played, what, two games? A game and a half, basically? Uh, I mean, Delaney Walker, I guess maybe you can make a case, especially now with Tannehill starting. Right. I mean, I don't know. Jimmy Graham has been a disappointment. I don't know if either one of these guys are worth holding on to right now. Well, the Titans have kind of used Delaney Walker in sort of a part-time role this year. Uh, he's basically basically only playing like 50 to 60% of the Titan snaps. And that's kind of keep his floor really low. But Jimmy Graham also has a super low floor because his targets are all over the place. So it just kind of depends on who you're dropping these guys for. He is tied for third among tight ends in red zone targets. And he also is in the top five in routes run among tight ends in the red zone. And he's dropping passes and it hasn't equated to fantasy production, obviously. So I know we love to play the names. I mean, Graham hasn't been good since he left Seattle. No. And and he, he wasn't all that great in Seattle for a time either. So Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's been it's been a while. And even that, like I said, Seattle took a while for him to kind of get going. I mean, yep. really since he left New Orleans. Yeah, I know. Remember? I mean, he was it was him and Gronk, man. Those are the good old days. Uh, all right, last one, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I guess you could probably throw Geronimo Allison here, although I think he's probably been dropped in a lot of leagues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember debating Allison versus Scant- uh, Scantling with you, Marcus. Yeah. The answer was just no. No, it was neither. Yeah. I mean, now Alan Lazard is the <laughs> receiver of record, it seems, in Green Bay. Um, I, I, I have MVS on a lot of rosters, and I think I'm done. I think, I think I'm, I'm all out on him now because – uh, the target share has not been there. He doesn't seem to be getting open. When he does, the targets haven't really been quality. Yeah. Uh, I just I think I'm over it now. I mean, outside of that one game against Denver, he's been, you know, 
Nothing. mediocre at best. Yeah. At best. But, I mean, that's been Green Bay's passing game this season. Yeah. Right? True. They've been running their passing game through Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams when they're both healthy. <laughs> right. And then, obviously, they're hoping to get Devontae Adams back. This I'm week. seeing that in my nightmares. <laughs> that drop? That, that because, like, drop. that cost me that cost me a win in one of my leagues. Like, that, I'm in, I win. And not only because Rodgers would have had the points, but, wow. but, but, and then, I mean, you know, goodness gracious. Like, honestly, how do you drop that pass? The good news. I mean, there's nobody around you. The good news is, is Aaron Jones absolutely carried your team the week before. Yeah, but so, and, right. and now because Matt LaFleur has gone under the Bill Belichick, I hate your fantasy football team motto. <laughs> now we're potentially looking at a more of a committee right in the face, which is uh, which is not uh, a good thing. Um, just a quick note. Jason Garrett anticipates that Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, Tyron Smith, uh, Lyle Collins, Byron Jones and Anthony Brown will all sit out practice today. Wonderful. Well, so wonderful. Michael are, Gallup might get all well. the targets this week. Things are going well in Dallas, it seems. Um, all right. Uh, is there anybody else that, that you guys feel strongly that needs to be dropped off of fantasy rosters right now? I feel uh, like rage dropped. I mean, there's there's <laughs> rage <laughs> drop. Rage drop. That's a wide spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. A number of people would be rage. Yeah. I mean, Jameis after what he did, but uh, he's got some good matchups coming up. Yeah, um, just, just never know but how. But J- Jameis is, I mean, he is just so freaking unpredictable. He drives you nuts. I'm just laughing because Jameis is, how many times have we seen him just play absolutely miserable and then I know. come back the following I know. week and just be fantastic? But so he's got, he's at Tennessee and at Seattle. So, I mean, Seattle gave up over 400 to Andy Dalton. How the hell did that happen, by the way? And then he's got Arizona, New Orleans, and Atlanta. So, I mean, I'd probably drop him and then try to maybe reacquire him at some point, but... Yeah, I mean, Jameis would be a rage drop for me, man, after that five-pick stink bomb that he put up last week. Here's the thing. If you drop Jameis Winston, there's a pretty good chance he'll still be on the waiver wire in a couple of weeks. I mean, obviously, there's the buy, but I don't think after that last performance that people are all that eager to run out and pick Jameis Winston up. You could stash him on waivers and just, like, let him sit there for a couple weeks and come back to him. One guy that people rage dropped, and I feel like you can go out and grab, is Gerald Everett. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, matchup, you know, I mean, Lakes, uh, again, it should be a high scoring game. And, you know, Everett was in a position to put up a pretty good line last week, but Jared Goff missed him. Yeah. Well, so I still see I, I had to start Everett in a few a uh, few leagues last week. And that that play is in my nightmares. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so there you go. So those are some of your rage drops and maybe some guys you can you know sneakily pick. And up can, can we pour a win out for poor Will Disley? Man, I know we talked about him on you know on on the show Monday, but boy, man, bad. I feel bad for that dude. Like he's it's like the two worst injuries you could have too. I know, an and, and then an Achilles. And then an yeah, Achilles. I mean, like this guy is going to end up being like you know the next Tyler Eifert, where like all the potential in the world, and when he was out there, he was great, and the injuries just caught up with him. And he's a young guy. I feel bad for him. Man, remember Tyler Eifert? Those were the days. Yeah, remember, he had thirteen touchdowns one year. Yep. Yep, thirteen. Does he have? I don't even know if he has thirteen touchdowns Probably total not. since then. Probably that's not. Kind of how it's been. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're done. Thanks to Jeff Ratcliffe again for his time today. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember: if it weren't for the laws of physics, you'd truly be unstoppable. We'll see you on Friday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.